stage. And it was his long. first show on Broadway. Really? Really. Everyone mm-hmm. else, he was just surrounded by all these professionals, and this was his first time performing on Broadway and just killing it, being one of the top performers, which is crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't know if he's supposed to be Sebastian for The Little Mermaid. I keep seeing that rumor everywhere, but then in another interview that he had, he was like, ain't no one told me nothing about The Little Mermaid. (laughs) I'm dead. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spillin' Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes, the long-awaited Hamilton review. Well, I don't know if it was long and awaited, but it's here. It was long and awaited by <laughs> <For> us. us. <laughs> it's here. So this week is actually a really exciting week for Disney because there's so much that they've actually got going on. And honestly, they might just be making up for all this lost time in COVID. But today, Luca was announced, Pixar's newest film, which I'm super excited about. Luca is actually about a boy in Italy. And it's like, it centers around like sea monsters and friendship and that sort of thing. And yeah, they're sea monsters. Like, yeah, I guess he, he discovers <clears throat> that he's like... That he is a sea monster. Yeah. Like, so wh- how... And I guess it's like, that kind of sounds like something that would be like a plot reveal. Like, you have to watch the movie to find out that like, whoa, he's a sea monster. But like, that's one of the first idea concepts that are being spat out about this movie. So are we going to be in a world of sea monsters the whole time? That'd be really cool. Giving that idea to Pixar... Well, the logo itself has, like, the wave, like, under the... The, the logo has Moana yeah. vibes. Yeah, right? So I'm like, hmm? <laughs> Do I sense a ship in the works? I don't know. Oh, my God. They're totally going to ship. Well, Wait, Luca's a little boy. Yeah. Is, he a, <laughs> is he a teenager? <laughs> no. Never mind. It's kind of giving me 13th year vibes. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's immediately oh. what I thought. Oh my god okay for those of you guys who don't remember 13th year was that disney channel movie about that boy who turned out to be a shark no he was a mermaid or a merman <laughs> wait like he just oh yeah because like his mom was yeah right he's 13 and he starts like turning into like a mermaid and like also, oh my gosh i love i used to love that movie it's crazy when i was a kid like i was like this kid is living on my dream like i wanted to be that kid <laughs> Wanted to be a merman. <laughs> That's funny. So, Luca. I'm pretty excited for So it. excited for that. It's the same, I think it's the same director um, that directed the short La Luna in front of Brave. Oh, really? Yeah, which I actually just watched that this morning. And I can see, like, sort of, like, the same, like, vibes with this movie. Yeah. Um, and I love that short, so I'm, like, really excited for this. Yeah, another really cool thing happening with Disney is that now the NBA season is restarting at Disney World. It just feels like such a random thing to happen. Yeah, I like don't follow sports at all, so I don't know like I didn't I saw this on Disney News. Like I saw this yesterday and I didn't really follow it anywhere. Okay, so this will be taking place at Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. And essentially, they're going to be playing or doing their tourneys, or it's possible they're going to keep doing their tourneys right up until playoffs, which is 
just, I don't know. I, I never thought of even considering that Disney being arena for something like the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, which I guess just kind of shows how big and how much of a market Disney really has and how much they really own, honestly speaking. Yeah. <laughs> they have their hands in like every single pocket. Yeah. Like right now, the, the hashtag that goes with it is uh, a whole new ball. <laughs> like A whole new ball. A little bit of shout out to you from sports fans out there. <laughs> and then in Saturn news. Unfortunately, uh, Mulan has been pulled and does not have a release date anymore. Um, it was originally supposed to come out in August after being pushed back from July, after being pushed back from March. Honestly, COVID has just messed up the entire movie release schedule. Yeah, I like I know Disney definitely wants since they've been pushing back all their movies, they want to try to get these movies into theaters so they can make a bigger profit. But honestly, I think at this point, like if you have to push them back again, just release them on like, maybe not Disney Plus, but like um, like video on demand or something like that. Yeah. Buy well, that's, that's the thing. It's like movies like Mulan and Soul. These aren't things that I want to watch on demand. I want to watch them on the big screen. And it just kind of sucks that, you know, we're in this situation where we probably won't get back to normal movie watching for a long time and it's really detrimental for different film companies to put out these movies and like you know make lower profits not because people don't want to see them but because movie theaters aren't letting in the people that are going to get you those high profits yeah but then it's like it's going to force them to put things on video on demand to make money but that's not the movie going experience that you want to see you know there's just something about going and seeing it in theaters. Like, of course, later on, you're going to get to see it on demand or on whatever streaming platform or whatever. But there's just something about going to the movies and watching a super epic movie. And it's just kind of sucks that they're probably not going to put shit out for a while because of that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I've, I've, I've always loved going to the movie theater. And that's something that, like, I, especially with every Disney release, like, I want to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it's, like, a business. Like, they're, they're, they're pushing back these movies. And they continue to not be able to, like, release them and, like, make a profit off of them. So I feel like instead of not making money off of them and potentially, like, losing a lot of revenue that you could be getting, why don't you just, like, put them out? And you're going to be making, like, less, but you could still, you know. Like, yeah. I feel like if if they put, It like, just sucks. Everyone's being robbed. <laughs> yeah. It, it really sucks for Mulan, too, because, I mean, like, the early reviews said it was, like, really It was well so done. anticipated. Yeah. And, like, it was kind of a chance for Mulan, like, the, the animated character to kind of get, like, a, like a resurgent popularity. Yeah. And like, just like uh, now it's like, it's never going to make the billion dollars that it was expected to make. I know. You know. And honestly, like even just the marketing and the hype around it was just so perfect. Everyone was anticipating seeing how this movie was going to be done because it was the first live action of its kind. And they were going to, you know, bring it back true to roots and introduce different cultural elements. And it was just different. It was new. And everyone was so excited to see it and just... All the marketing was super cool, super dope, and then a disease <laughs> took it all down. A virus. A virus. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And here we are. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're supposed to have a Mulan review out right by now. Yeah, honestly. And Goodness. Soul Review. And Black Widow. Yeah. like <laughs> uh, We're so salty, but, you know, it's it's okay. We're making do with what we got. We still have so much to go for you. To go for you. To go through. To go through. <laughs> to go through. And also, this is very relevant to today's conversation. Um, apparently, once on this island, a pro shot of the uh, Broadway play is coming to Disney+. Plus. So we'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. Um, but mm-hmm. that's exciting following the success of Hamilton. Because um, Hamilton was, like, crazy popular on oh, Disney+. Oh, so, like, so, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? Let's just step right into it. All right. This week's steep of the week is Disney Broadway. Disney what a Broadway. great way to just start off this Hamilton review. And like, we really want to spend some time and dive into this fantastic musical. But, you know, why not give a little bit of background on Disney Broadway? Because Disney has its own theatrical production for Broadway musicals. Yeah. That, you know, it's something that never really gets talked about. Yeah, they kind of like... It's really low-key. Yeah. I think really the only one um, that has really like made it into pop culture um, is Lion King. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah, Disney Theatrical Productions was founded February 8th, 1993. And the first musical that they put out was an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, which premiered April 18th, 1994 at the Palace Theater. And it was very well received. People, like, fell in love with it. After that, they did Lion King, which became um, became the second highest-grossing Broadway show of all time. And then they did Tarzan, Mary Poppins, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hunchback, Frozen, Newsies, Freaky Friday, Ada. Yeah, so they did a lot. I think it's interesting that ones that they chose. I figured, you know, the ones that they're putting on Broadway are definitely probably, like, the the highest grossing films and they're probably trying to find you know new ways to like bring this back to you know the forefront ones like you know beauty and the beast lion king tarzan mary poppins that all makes sense what i don't understand is freaky friday why they made that one a musical i don't understand why they made tarzan one i don't know how <laughs> you're like that makes total sense i'm like why did you like phil collins songs being sung on a broadway stage you know what True. I'm just thinking of Tarzan in terms of, like, the soundtrack is good. I mean, yeah. But I'm good. not thinking about it in a musical sense. Right? Like, because, like, I know the characters that, like, Tarzan is, like, actually singing. Yeah. But I'm like... Well, that's why it was bad. Yeah. It didn't do well. Because Tarzan's like, I wanna know, <laughs> can you show me? Which is not, like, you don't want to see Tarzan singing, no. you know? No. Actually, a trend that they do, they did it with Mary Poppins. Um, and with The Hunchback. I mean, this is what I've heard. I haven't seen them, obviously. Um, but they kind of base them more on the source material. They kind of, like, they don't stick too much to, like, the, the film, like, the Disney film they're based on. Yeah. Because, like, Mary Poppins apparently is, like, she's, like, the, the character's a lot more like she is in the book. She's a lot more, like, stern. Um, and Hunchback Notre Dame is apparently a lot more, like, Victor Hugo's book than the Disney movie. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It gives them, like, an opportunity to, like, try new things when they want to do that but i think sometimes it's cash grab like frozen was got very mixed reviews and i mean i'm like i'm i the singers are amazing the actors are amazing but i mean i don't think they really did anything new with frozen yeah exactly so like the thing that i well the conclusion i've kind of come to are like the ones that 
did well were Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Mary Poppins, and Aladdin. Yeah. Newsies and Ada did okay. And the ones that tanked, Tarzan, Little Mermaid, Frozen. Like you said, we know why we don't want to see Tarzan on Broadway. Little Mermaid, I, I want to say I'm surprised, but, you know, you don't... How do you replicate the same beautiful underwater aesthetic that you created through animation on Broadway? Yeah. You, and, you know, you, and you it's, everyone's already built such an attachment to the vocal talent, the soundtrack, just everything of what Ariel is. You can't really replicate that on the Broadway stage. No. At all. And similar to Frozen, same thing with how do you create an ice cap? I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way when, especially when the original movie has such an impact and you just want to throw that on Broadway, you know, it's not going to be better than the first one. I don't understand why it's why, you know, a lot of remakes happen. Remakes should, you know, be the opportunity to create something new, to create a better movie, better story, a better film. But a lot of what Disney's done, and I think with a lot of these Broadway shows, is like taking what was already fantastic and just making it worse for what a lot of Disney fans were saying is a cash grab. A lot, a lot of them didn't do as well, which honestly speaking, probably. Well, I feel like, like for instance, Lion King. Like, Lion King is so different. Like, it's, you know, it's the same story, but in terms of, like, the choreography and the sets and what the people are the wearing The visual and stuff, aesthetics, It's, like, know? so beautiful, and it's, like, that's a reason for it to be told. It's, like, a different way to tell the story, you know? Exactly. Whereas, and I think... like, Frozen's kind of just, like... You know? And yeah. the thing about <laughs> The Lion King is that, like, because they're animals, that also gives it a bit more leeway for us to, like, have more of an imagination. Because we know that if we go to see Lion King on stage, we're not gonna see real life lions yeah and so it's like it gave them just so much creativity to just create beautiful costumes and like beautiful sets which they did yeah. and it just kind of reconstructed the way lion king was told you know they probably could have taken a similar approach to a lot of these other ones but i just think they didn't put that effort and like real passion and attention into it that the lion king probably got yeah i just i really want to see aladdin so bad <laughs> yeah I'm really hoping Disney will kind of... Do you think they're going to do what they did with Hamilton? Do you think they're going to replicate that? Because we already said, like, Once on this Island is being planned to get, like, a pro shot. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do that with more musicals? Like, you know? I really hope so. I think that, you know, Hamilton was a really good test market. They're seeing how, you know, the audience has been receiving it. And, you know, it was just so fantastically filmed i think that it could really be something that disney can look into into doing because it brings a whole new experience to hamilton or to just anything you know like when you watch a broadway show you're probably in nosebleed seats even if you're close up it's still not the same thing as just seeing angles seeing right up in someone's face seeing a bird's eye view seeing choreography in ways that you wouldn't and like perspectives and aspects and angles that you don't you wouldn't see if you were in you know row 200b yeah you know so that's really cool that's definitely something that i think that disney should you know, they've already got a head start with Hamilton. Keep reeling them in. Just keep... And I don't think it will do... Def- and Newsies, too. They have Newsies, too. Yeah, which we have to watch. Yeah. Like ASAP. 
And I don't think that it diminishes the value at all because, I mean, these musicals, like, Hamilton kind of, like, already, like, finished its, like, initial Broadway run. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, COVID is, like, you know... Yeah. Pretend COVID doesn't exist right now. (laughs) And it doesn't diminish the value because I still think if, like, Hamilton and, like, all these other plays end up going on tours, people are still going to want to go see them in person. Well, if they're good, you know? Yeah. See, the thing is with Hamilton is that the value of it was so high and it just kept getting higher and higher. And, like, I think that, you know, these pro shots are a good idea after the original cast has been switched. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to watch pro shots of, like, whatever. It's like, you even if you're just going and watching the plays or all the musicals, like, in any theater, if it's not the original cast, it's not the same experience. So I yeah. think pro shots of the original cast premiered, you know, maybe a couple months or a year or whatever after those shows have been done. That would definitely be awesome. That'd be something yeah. good. Exactly. And it doesn't really diminish the value. It, the value is the original cast. Yeah. Uh, I really want, I know this is not never going to happen, but I really want them to put the um, Into the Woods pro shot, like the one with Bernadette Peters, like yes. the original, on Disney+. Plus. That but would I guess be, they don't own it. Yeah, that would be really, that'd be really cool to see. A pro shot I would love is Rent. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something that I've always wanted, but they don't have that. Yeah. But it's fine because they've got a movie yeah. <laughs> with the original cast. That's what I want for Hamilton. I want a movie with the original cast. Which they could do. I know they could do. Do you have any movies, like, um, apparently they're working on Hercules and Jungle Book, um, but do you have any movies that you'd, like, like to see? Or, like, they have, like, cool ideas to see and as, like, adapt to the stage? Or So, like, if I had to pick, I would say it would be interesting to see... I think Princess and the Frog would be really cool to see, like, how they would do that. I think that's something that definitely could be adapted to the Broadway stage and also be visually created as an even better spectacle being in new orleans and playing with voodoo and like these are things that are real life elements that you can take from you know disney drew everything that you know comes from these beautiful cultures that you know we're already present in new orleans so you literally can just take those concepts and make it bigger and better for the disney stage and mulan would be really cool to see too just to see how they would do it you know I think those are my top two, honestly. Yeah. Because Mulan, I think could, they could do some really cool stuff with, like, the battle sequences and, like, adding more songs would mm-hmm. be, like, great because there's, like, only four songs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Mulan, I think, would be really cool and Princess and the Frog. I was kind of thinking, like, if they kind of take, like, inspo from, like, Swan Lake. I know it's a ballet, but, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. how she's, like, like that would be kind of cool if there's, like, a bit of, like, inspo from that. Yeah. Because, obviously, she's not going to be in, like, a costume, like a frog <laughs> costume. Oh, that'd be really cool. You know, she can still stay like whatever, but just stay like a person, like but she's got like her like frog esque yeah. costume. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. If all the animals were just kind of like beautifully depicted like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. Okay, you know what? I lied. That's one that I think that they could actually take and make better. I don't really think that Disney should keep see, adapting their that. films. Like, I would want to see Princess and the Frog if they can kind of, like, if they can take Princess and the Frog and, like, masterpiece it, like, yeah. take it up a notch, because I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. Or, like, even if they did that with Mulan, I'd love to see that. But, yeah, like, I don't... I love Tangled, but I don't really want to see a Tangled Broadway play. Yeah. And I, I 
I, I love Moana, but I don't really think I, Moana is like exactly. You know and I mean? you know what? I just feel like there's just you know Disney is such is just an enterprise in general that just has so much resources and is just so talented and has access to so much just talent in general that could create. You know, like we see all these beautiful movies, and I think that they can take original plot lines and recreate that for the Broadway stage. Yeah. Instead of wasting your time on these cheap money employees and well, recreating like, the already successful enterprises you have, create new ones but introduce them in a different way. Like Ada. Yeah. Ada, like I know very little about it. I think they were planning an animated feature at one point for it, like based off of which would have been cool. But it's like a completely like original idea and like I've never seen it. Like, why don't they release a pro shop for that? I know. Because, like, I'd love to watch that. Like, that's if I could choose between any of these, like, shows that they already have out to watch, it would be Ada, Newsies, and Aladdin. Yeah. Um, I'm fine not seeing Tarzan or Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would. So, yeah, I would want to see The Lion King for sure because I've never seen The Lion King. Yeah. Definitely that's number one. And then I would say Aladdin and Mary Poppins. Yeah, I, I think I'd actually, because I don't like the movie very much, but I think since Mary they Poppins change it up a bit, I think it's something like that's it. meant for Broadway. Yeah, I think I'd like it better in Broadway, honestly. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Right, now let's get into the main discussion. Honestly, the greatest thing to probably come from quarantine. Mm hmm. Because Hamilton was actually, the pro shot was supposed to come to the big screen in 2021. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess because Disney was like, crap, we need to put some stuff out. They like pushed it to Disney Plus now, which was the greatest thing that they could have ever done because it opened up a whole new world that everyone who wanted to be part of the Hamilton culture phenomenon back in 2016. We can all be a part of it now because we yeah. we have $8.99 to pay for Disney Plus and not a grant to pay to go see it on Broadway. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely bringing some stuff back and everyone's kind of rekindling their love for Hamilton. Yeah, it's kind of has like a little, I mean, it's been popular pretty consistently, but it's kind of having a little like, Resurgence. Yeah. It's like my word of the day. <laughs> All right. A little bit about Hamilton. Tell us about Hamilton. What is Hamilton? He is the story of Mr. Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of America. And essentially the story of, I guess from his perspective, how America came to be. I didn't know that when Hamilton first came out. I didn't know what it was about. Oh, really? Not at all. I think I heard that it was about, like, Alexander Hamilton, and I just was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's really funny. How it actually became a thing was Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda, a very, very talented man. We all know he's brought us Moana. And he's already brought in the Heights, but we're going to get to relive that, similar to what Hamilton's doing right now with the pro shot that's coming out. So that's really cool. Essentially, he was asked to kind of like write a little some something for the president. I don't know why Obama just asked. I don't really know what the occasion was, to be honest. But Obama asked him to write a little something something for a White House event. And he wrote the first song, Alexander Hamilton. 
and he performed it. Everyone loved it. And it became the first of what was going to be the Hamilton mixtape. And then this mixtape turned into a goddamn musical, which is crazy. And then becomes a phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, pretty unprecedented because Hamilton is a Broadway play, which Broadway's kind of had like, you know, like it's had its peak, its apex, but Hamilton really, like Hamilton is like the crossover artist of Broadway because he was able to cross over into like pop culture and like the mainstream. And I think that's because of like how different and unique it is. And then that kind of all goes down to Lynn and his music. Exactly. Which is honestly genius because Broadway has such a stigma around it. Everyone's like, yes, Broadway is classical musical theater. Everyone, you know, knows what that is, blah, blah, blah. And it, it has its image. It has its music type but what Lin-Manuel did with Hamilton was you know brought that pop culture element into it and you know used hip-hop and pop and rock and just all this stuff that we can connect with the the structures of the songs it's stuff that you know kind of takes musical theater and just broadens it to everyone everyone can enjoy musical theater you know, and yeah. just kind of like heightens it. Like it brings a whole nother level to storytelling as a musical. Yeah. You know, and just the fact alone that the entire musical is constant singing. There is no breaks for script. It's just singing, singing, singing. So to be able to tell a story of two hours, two and a half hours of just singing and successfully get so many people in love with it, it's just that is that's magic. That's talent. Yeah. And the, the way that, like, you're the one that pointed it out to me is how, like, this the stage is very minimalist. Mm-hmm. So there's not many props. Like, you know, there's, like, a few things kind of, like, if they need to, like, like sit on anything or whatever. Yeah. But there's not many props or sets or anything like that. So everything is told through the words. Yeah. So you really have to pay. I mean, it helps when you're watching on TV and you have subtitles. Um, but imagine, like, in, like, people that were seeing it, like, in person you know, you have to really, like, pay attention to the words because the words and the, the words lyrics are paint, so important. They paint the scene. Yeah. They, like, they literally tell you what is happening. It's just the dialogue, like, what's... It's just... It's so important. Like, you don't even need to watch what's happening I if feel you like just you listen. you almost read it. Like, you could yeah. almost read this as a book. Like, if someone published this... Exactly. ...into a book. Which is super cool. His just... His wordplay, I, I love his... Like, Lynn has such... This is, like, the Lin-Manuel Miranda, like genius yeah we're just <laughs> praising him but um he has such like a unique style so it's like you know in moana and hamilton you hear these similarities mm-hmm. and i'm sure when encanto comes out we're gonna hear it too even in, in uh, 21 chump street yeah he has like his own kind of sound but still he's able to like it's like distinct still yeah if that makes sense but it like still like isn't like too like it's not like a bad thing it's no it's he's just he's amazing oh He's awesome. So yeah, he did the music lyrics and the book. Yeah. Talented man. Wrote every single lyric. Every, every, there is not one wasted lyric or line in this musical. Yeah. Everything has so much impact and just punches and is needed. Yeah. When Hamilton was kind of like, like what was your like first impression when Hamilton kind of like, when you first heard about Hamilton? So I first heard about Hamilton in... 20, 
in like high schools, like the end of high school. And that was when it just came out in the theater. Not sorry, not the theaters. That's when it just came out on on Broadway. And but the thing is, like, I had just heard of it. I didn't really know what it was about. Like I said, I didn't know it was about Alexander Hamilton. I just knew it was a Broadway and I knew there was a bunch of black people and that there was hip hop involved. And I was like, ooh, that sparks my interest. I knew it was getting great reviews from critics. and Everyone was just like hopping on the Hamilton train and blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of like, I don't have a grand to spend on a ticket. How am I going to watch it? You know? And it's, I know that they do have like, you know, those like shitty recordings on the internet and blah 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 but I didn't I didn't want to do that and I also don't like just randomly listening to Broadway songs if I don't know the context yeah you know and then it's because it's like I don't know I just feel like it ruins the story and then it just doesn't really make sense and it's like yes the songs are beautiful but when you have a first listen or a first interpretation of something I kind of feel like it needs to be watched sequentially for a reason and I just didn't want to spoil spoil it for myself I was like I'll see Hamilton one day mm-hmm. Hamilton's come was coming to Ottawa and yeah. I was like, yeah, I, you know, that's, that now is my time to see Hamilton. But then that was got pushed back as well <laughs> because yeah. of COVID. But thank goodness, Disney Plus pulled through yeah. and just gifted us this. Like, no one knew it was coming. It was crazy. Yeah, so that was kind of like, like I, I don't know. I kind of knew about it, but it wasn't my, like, forefront, you know, until yeah. recently, I guess. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Honestly, I found out about Hamilton because I'd been, like, ever since they announced Moana back in 2014, I was, like, yo, like, you know, super excited for it. So I was, like, following its progress and stuff. And when they announced that Lynn was writing the music, I was, like, oh, like, I have no idea who this Lin-Manuel Miranda guy is. And I, like, looked it up. And, like, I remember watching, like, a, a D23 Expo presentation or whatever. And one of the presenters was like, oh, yeah, he just has, like, a new show on Broadway called Hamilton. Like, you should see it. It's totally cool. And then it became this huge phenomenon after. Um, but even then, I didn't check out the music because I was like, I want to experience, like, like you, like, I want to experience it all as, like, a whole. I didn't want to just, like, I listened to some songs. Like, I heard Burn um, and I think, like, My Shot. Yeah. That one you knew, because this when we watched it, as soon as it started, you were like, I'm not throwing away yeah. my shot. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, you know it. That one was pretty popular, too. So that's kind of like one of like the like main. I have motifs. no idea how I managed to dodge every single song. I didn't know a damn thing about this musical. Really? Like, I just, I know, I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. I just didn't care to, you know? I probably could have looked up the plot, but I just, you know, didn't really think of it. Yeah. All right. So honestly, I feel like the best way to kind of break Hamilton down is by looking at the characters. Because each character, I feel, is is just like a piece of the puzzle and they all just intertwine and create this bigger picture. So I feel like all the characters in this musical are just so easy to fall in love with. Not even, oh my God, George Washington. I can't believe I forgot. You left out George. George. Sakura calls him George. Yes, because his name is George. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the characters are cool because all the main characters all kind of have their own introductory songs. Mm-hmm. So it's like you really get to know them, what their stance is in the musical. And they introduce a lot of their motifs that are just like reoccurring throughout the entire musical, which is super cool. So like starting off, Alexander Hamilton, of course he gets his own song. Yeah. Main character. 
really brings him up and you learn all about him. Aaron Burr, sir, which was really cool because you get to learn a bit about Aaron Burr and where he comes from. Um, and then you're introduced to John Lawrence, Lafayette, and Hercules Mulligan. Lafayette's my favorite. Love Lafayette. <laughs> Out of the three. David Diggs does him and Thomas Jefferson. We're going to get to that, but you know, love him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, then we go into the Schuyler sisters song and we meet Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy, and they're just loving it's revolution it's happening they're excited and you just kind of get to learn a bit about like how they all are angelica is definitely the more outspoken one eliza's a lot more curious but to herself and peggy's just uh, peggy you know she's there and peggy <laughs> and peggy she doesn't even get a melody she gets <laughs> and peggy, peggy. <laughs> and then who's next oh yeah king george a really interesting character you say (laughs) yeah it's interesting because it's like his song is kind of like it's well every time he shows up his song has the same melody it's the same song just different lyrics and it just kind of like gives the perspective of what's happening from the british side from the king side yeah and the way he does it i don't know it's just great it shows how twisted he is but it's also comedy it's comedy you know it's dark comedy which is cool I think he's on the level of, like, I guess this is just the way Lin-Manuel writes, maybe, but, like, he's, like, on the level of, like, Tamatoa, where he's just, like, I love him. Like, he's, exactly. like, great. But, yeah, like, he's, he's like, that kind bad, of villain. Yeah, he's like, bad, but he's, like, kind of harmless, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, the song is just what makes it. Like, it's so Exactly. Funny. Yeah. And he's played by Kristoff. Right? Mr. Jonathan Groff. Who's also Jesse in Glee, which I didn't know, I, or I, I don't know, I just didn't put two and two together. I watched Glee a long time ago, but wow, talented man, really did the character, yeah, great. The spit, it's his it art. Added. He's just a saliva. He just produces a lot of moisture when he performs. You yeah. know, he gets sweaty. He spits sometimes, like. He's on stage in this, like, fur coat. Like, he's definitely hot and just is parched. Yeah. (laughs) You know? But it's cool. It added. Added, added, added for sure. And then finally... Here comes comes the general. general, The bride of Mount Vernon. Here comes the general. George Washington. Here comes the general. Okay, no, it's done now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Got into it. Um, but yes, George Washington, my favorite character in this movie, not because he replicates real life George Washington, just because Christopher Jackson is just such a, such a great George. He really makes, he really brings the power. Yeah. And a lot of the heart. Yes. And his voice is just, oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh. It just takes your soul and just crushes it, you know? Everyone, everyone here is so talented. The singing is just amazing. It's and crazy. The rapping and and the choreography. Um, so those are the characters, and then in the second act, we have a lot of characters from the first act that kind of just like disappear, but then they come back and reprise as a new character. Yeah, which I really like. I did too. It showed like the range of the actors. Exactly. It's really cool. So Peggy becomes the myths and promiscuous Mariah Reynolds. 
Lafayette becomes Thomas Jefferson, which also another favorite character just because David Diggs is so awesome. Yeah, he's just, he's so, like, he honestly owns the stage. And it was his first show on Broadway. Really? Really. Everyone Mm -hmm. else, he was just surrounded by all these professionals, and this was his first time performing on Broadway and just killing it, being one of the top performers, which is crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't know if he's supposed to be Sebastian for The Little Mermaid, I keep seeing that rumor everywhere, but then in another interview that he had, he was like, ain't no one told me nothing about the little mermaid. (laughs) I'm dead. I don't know what everyone keeps saying he's up for Sebastian, but I'm for it, you know? He would bring so much personality to that character, so I'm I'm down for that. Um, and the last one was Hercules Mulligan becomes James Madison. Two very different characters, but the actor, he killed both of them. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. It's nuts. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Wait. And then John Lawrence also becomes Philip. Oh, Hamilton's yeah. son. He dies twice. I know. Like, Poor Anthony, Anthony Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, can we talk about the Schuyler sisters? Yes. Okay, who's your favorite? Well, let's say on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. Angelica. Angelica. Yeah. Of course. Eliza's too reserved. Yeah, and Peggy's. Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) She's an addition. She just makes the trio, you know? She doesn't really... They didn't do a lot of, like, developing her character, but, again, her character was really needed for the story. You know, Peggy was just living her own life. She she had her own musical happening. Because she existed in real life. But you know what? In real life... They had like ten siblings. The Skylar sisters. Yeah, they oh, were really? not the only ones. Well, maybe. And they had well, older they brothers. <laughs> well, they didn't say they were the only sisters. They just no, said they were the no. Skylar sisters. Angelica says she was the oldest one, though. She has an older brother. She says her father had no sons, and he had mad sons. Oh. But you know, plot convenience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Angelica's the best, and you know what? Because they just kind of like. In the song, The Skylar Sisters, they just throw throw her out there as just the most ambitious. She's like, for the revolution, like, you know, she's outspoken to men. You know, she's smart. She reads books. She's reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's elite, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I love so much about Angelica is like, you know, like she's in love with, with Hamilton, but... She's not, like, at all, like... Which is tea. Which is tea. That on is tea. its own. <laughs> but I think, like, the fact that she was willing to, like, she knew, kind of knew, like, what she needed to do, unfortunately, what was expected of her, which um, is sad. But she, oh, like, at first I thought that, like, Angelica was going to, like, Be get with back Hamilton. with him. Like, like, you know, like, sleep with him or whatever it was. Yeah. But it's, like, so nice that, like, you know, she, that's not even a thing. Like, she's, like, you know, no, like... I loved him, yeah. Like I, I love him, but like my sister's my with sister him, is, and I respect that. And she puts yeah. her sister over Hamilton. All, like when like, Hamilton, no matter what, like, yeah. You know, like when he, when the Reynolds pamphlet gets out, like she's like, no, like I'm here for my sister. Yeah, which is just so refreshing to see. You yeah. know, it's so it's awesome to see satisfied. You know, well, you see helpless and. Helpless was just on its own such a beautiful, beautiful number. And at the end of it, you just feel like you get all the feels. Like, you know, they're happy, they're in love, they're married. Like, I don't know. It's it's definitely everything. It's 
Philippus's voice. It's the song, the lyrics, it's the melody, it's the company. Like everything just makes you feel so happy and so just like happy for them. And you just kind of like tears of joy, you know? And then you see Angelica come out next and then she just like bears her soul out about how she loves this man who she saw first, fair and square. She had her connection with him first. And, you know, she was like, I don't even care that he's poor, which is definitely a big, probably a bigger thing than it <laughs> than it is now back in the day. But, you know, she's like, I saw him first and I loved him. and Or, you know, whatever she thinks is love. <laughs> and Eliza comes up to her and goes, you know, that one's mine. She's like, well, gotta give her to my sister because she's everything. Because for honestly, like Dibs, you know, if I was Angelica, he's mine. Yeah. But no, no hesitation. Like she literally just saw him from across the room. For no reason did she have any obligation to give Alexander to Eliza. But you know what? My sister needs to be happy. So go for it. Yeah. She's just like such like, like I feel like everyone loves Angelica. You can't not like Angelica. Yeah. And Satisfied in my opinion, best song in the entire, like, play. Like, I would, yeah. if, like, I feel like if if you've never heard of Hamilton, or, like, if you've never heard anything from Hamilton, I mean, and you want to, like, you know, like, test the waters, like, I, I'd say listen to Satisfied, and yeah. it'll get you hooked, probably. I agree. Played by Renee Elise Goldsberry. Uh, she, she earned Such her Tony, Such a talented soul. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just... Voice from the angels. Ugh. Her voice is just like insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. And I love my favorite thing is that like satisfied is like definitely one of the musical's biggest songs and like most recognized properties from the musical. And it also is really cool how they use that song and Angelica to represent the quality in Hamilton that he will never be satisfied that he's always gonna go 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 he won the war now he wants to govern he like you know no matter what he's always going for the next best thing he will never be satisfied I love how they use Angelica to do that in real life he had no relation with Angelica there's Mm -hmm. no signs that said that they had any kind of canoodling like he had Eliza and that just happened to be Eliza's sister so like Lynn kind of just made this up, but the way that he used just this little side romance flirtation ship, like little bit of tea, like what's, cause it wasn't even like a big thing in the plot. Like it was kind of like a, oh my gosh thing, like poor Angelica, but like, it didn't like, she doesn't come back for revenge or anything. Like oh, yeah. the plot goes on. So it was just really cool how they use that. And just like every time Angelica comes back, like is every time something happens and he's not satisfied. Yeah. Which is super, Actually, I super didn't even cool. notice that. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I love, I love how they like mirror, like they mirror satisfied with helpless, like literally like they're right after each other. Exactly. And then you see the scenario like in both, from both their perspectives. Yeah. And it's such a juxtaposition, but it like, they work so well. It is. And like another, so kind of similar to how satisfied and helpless are mirrors of each other. So that would be the same thing with my shot and wait for it. That kind of represent yeah. Hamilton and Burr, which are literal foils of each other. Completely, completely just mirrors, like mm-hmm. total opposite. Like the way Alexander is just go, go, go. Like 
he's a hothead. He's like crazy. He has like no real structure, but he has like ideas going and he just like always is like on the run. And like Burr is a lot more reserved and calculated and like waiting for the best chance to step his foot in because he doesn't, uh, it so it has a lot to do with like their backgrounds. So it's like Burr comes from, I don't know. They kind of talk about it and like they have a couple lines, but you don't really know like what Burr's background actually is. But the Princeton College, his father, before he died, was actually the head of it. He was, like, the main guy, the president. And then Aaron Burr Jr., homie's kid. Like, obviously, he's, you know, the prodigy of Princeton College. So he comes for money. Like, he has this reputation to his, to uphold. His mother was whatever she was, but she was also something else of stature. And then there's Hamilton, who came from out in the Caribbean, has no parents, has no money, just wants to fight in the revolution he has, like, nothing to lose yeah exactly yeah. he said he's not afraid of death like you know he almost died a million times yeah. so he's like i'm just gonna go until i do you know just super cool absolutely everything about them is super opposite and it's just cool to see the two perspectives told in different ways and they're both beautiful honestly i and i love like in in any show or movie or play or anything I love foil so much mm-hmm. and I, they just do it so well here. Yeah. So like- we were discussing earlier. It's, it's interesting to see kind of how like the vibe shifts between both acts. Like mm-hmm. I guess act one is a lot more like, like it builds up to this revolution and then act two is kind of everything sort of like crumbling down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's reflected like in the music and yeah, it's really cool. Cause it's like, you know, in act one everyone is so excited because it's like you know and also everyone's younger so they're all like kids and mm-hmm. they're all kind of like for the revolution and they're like finding young love and they're like you know finding themselves and you know they're growing in ranks so you kind of just see them growing from the bottom and just things getting going well and then you know what the revolution happens and they won and it's like oh my gosh like everyone's happy what could go wrong now now they got to go into actually governing the country that they fought for, which definitely is not going to be as difficult because we see politics every day. Politics are always a shit show. Plus, everyone is now an adult and is older. So there's going to be different types of tea that happens. And it's just kind of like you see them go through, you know, adultery and go through losing a child and, you know, duels. Duels were so common at that point. And mm-hmm. it's just... It's interesting because in this one musical, there were three duels. And I was just like wondering, like, why are there so many duels? And, you know, Lynn said he purposely put so many duels in there to make it known how common this was. This is how disputes were settled back in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Definitely different. And it's, it's interesting because it's like, I kind of find it's a similar structure that a lot of musicals take like the first one the first act is usually more uppity and you like get you involved in the story and then the second act is a lot more like bad things happen it's like that's when all the drama happens and like everything kind of unfolds at that point but the thing about hamilton is they somehow manage to take that act two structure but like just amplify it to keep you engaged because a lot of times like you know act one is so good in musicals that act two just doesn't really match up to par But with Hamilton, Act 1 and Act 2 are neck and neck. Everything's very evenly distributed in, in the play. Like, it's not too friend... I mean, like, it's all singing. Like, it's all, it's all music. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, spoken dialogue or anything. I mean, like, little ad-libs and stuff. 
Yeah. But um, the music and, like, the quality of the music throughout remains consistent. You know, it's not like it's, like, too, like, front-loaded. And then in the second act, there's not as many memorable songs or whatever. It's, like, every, like, almost every, what, like, ten minutes, you have a banger. Like, yeah. it's, it's the quality is just perfect. Yeah. Um, so even though, like, the tone changes, it's still, they remain to, it, like, they're, they're, they're different, but they have, like, they're still, like, amazing. And they have their own strengths. So yeah, some, like, other key songs. Nonstop. Nonstop. So good. So, so, so good. Like, it's it's crazy because it's, like, the thing, the motif thing that we were talking about, that is a song that just kind of brings everything together. Because, you know, because you've got Eliza screaming at Hamilton, helpless. You've got Angelica screaming she's uh, satisfied. You know, he'll never be satisfied. Burr's yelling, why do you write like you're running out of time? George, my man George is here. Like history has its eyes on you. Like it just kind of like brings back all these recurring themes. It gets you so amped. It gets you amped and it just throws at him. And he's like, I'm not throwing away my shot. And you're just like, whoa. And then it's just act one is done. It's like all you want to know now is what's going to happen next. What is he going to do? It's the king of reprises because it literally combines everything <laughs> together. <laughs> literally. Literally. Into like literally just a huge... Oh, it was like a volcano. It's an explosion of amazing. I think it's also interesting that Helpless is... It begins as like, you know, she's helpless. Like she's falling in love. It's like a positive. Yeah. And then it kind of like twists into that she's like helpless. She can't do anything to like stop him from going to war. Yeah. You know? So it's like kind of interesting that they take that... And he can keep these songs, but just, like, when they have, like, dual meanings. Exactly. Really interesting. Even Sort of Satisfied has that. Like, when they introduce, like, the word in, like, mm-hmm. into the vocabulary, it's like, oh, like, I'm never satisfied, whatever. But then, yeah. like, it kind of, like, twists. The uh, Ten Dual Commandments. The Ten Dual Commandments. So, yeah, kind of like how I was saying that the duels were so relevant and just so common back then. Like, and also just that song itself is just so good. The thing about it is that there's also, like, a counting motif that also just kind of, like, goes through the whole musical as well. So, like, it's introduced in Ten Dual Commandments, and then it's back in Take a Break when Philip and Eliza are singing, or they're counting when they're playing piano. And then it's back again when he dies, or no, when he's in his duel, and he dies at seven, because, you know, he's supposed to die at ten, or... Some not hopefully not die, but you know, shoot at ten. And then, you know, and then it's back again with the Hamilton and Burr duel. It's so sad. It's so sad. And then that's the thing about Act Two, is that like like Act One you're like singing and dancing and having fun and Act Two, you're just so emotionally involved that it just you're floored. You know, yeah. absolutely floored. Especially the last couple of songs, Burn is quiet uptown, one last time. Who Lives, Who Dies, It Tells Your Story. Like, all of these songs. A lot of these are, like, ballads. The first one that gets you is One Last Time. Yeah. And honestly, like, the song is over and you're just like, wait, why am I crying? Like, you're literally sobbing uncontrollably and you don't know why. It's so beautiful. It's about George Washington going home. Yeah. It's so bittersweet because it's like, you know, he's, like, happy and he's, like, you know, kind of like my time, like. And, As he, a and he's is old, over. Like, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, like it's time to move on. It's time to, you know, go and live out the rest of my life, like under 
the the fig tree or whatever. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's so emotional. Oh my I God. know because it's like bittersweet, you know. I feel like honestly, Hamilton. It's about many things, but I think it kind of kind of is about like life and like kind of like the course of life because like you were saying like they start out young um and it's basically like throughout the entire course of his lifetime mm-hmm. um and you see a lot of those things are like you know like uh, there's like a lot of talk about death and like your you know who tells your story like what your legacy is going to be yeah and yeah like you know George Washington brings that up with the one last time the motif you know like I'm you know my time's done like now it's time for another person to lead yeah and that's kind of introduced also with like Washington goes history has his eyes on has its eyes on you. Yeah. So that's when it kind of starts. And then when you go into you know who lives who dies who tells your story. The cool thing about this concept is that the 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 musical itself is being is Alexander Hamilton's life being told in a positive light mm-hmm. because essentially Eliza has put herself back into the narrative and she's told her story in that positive light. Mm -hmm. Even though Hamilton had done some horrible things in his time, he's seen as a positive man because of the person telling his story. Mm -hmm. Whereas Burr, I kind of like that as a historical figure, Burr is a bad guy. He's the one that shot Hamilton. He was greedy. He was whatever. In real life, he probably was just a bad person. But I kind of like how they take that motif and apply it to Burr. And he's kind of like, well, now I'm the villain in Hamilton's story. So that's how I'm being painted in history. Mm-hmm. Because I, this is what's, this isn't who's telling my story. You know, you don't have the choice. Who gets to tell your story? Yeah. Burr didn't have anyone to tell a positive story for him because... He was all wait for, wait for. No one really knew where his head was at, you know? Yeah. Which is really cool to yeah. see. Lynn. There's so many layers. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh, my goodness. Genius. Anything he writes. Anything. Absolutely anything and everything. Mr. Gold. I was going to say anything he touches, but, you know, Mary Poppins were trying <laughs> <laughs> No tea, no shit. And then another thing in that song that kind of gets to you is when they go, The Orphanage. You know, because it's just, that's another reoccurring thing is that they're always kind of like, Alexander is an orphan. He's an orphan. Like, they, they kind of, they like say it. They don't make it seem like it's a detriment to him or like blah, blah, blah. But they just kind of say like, you know, he's an orphan. That's a very obvious fact about him. Yeah. And then she's like, the proudest thing that I did was I established an orphanage to take care of children like you that didn't have people to take care of you, which is kind of like not something that has to be spelled out, but it's just kind of, it clicks when yeah. you hear it. And then that just gets to you. Like, you know, and these are things like I watched a video on YouTube that was a literal like music. It was like a a video essay on Hamilton. And it was like songs that make you cry and why they make you cry. And this was one of them. And it was like, oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Yeah. Flooded with emotions. It's so multifaceted. Like it's there's so many layers to it. It's awesome. I know. Honestly speaking, I could talk about every one of these songs because they're all so good all the characters are fantastic you know it really has introduced me to all of the actors 
as actors, so not just as their characters, but you know, when I start when I first discovered Rent mm-hmm. and I fell in love with them, I fell in love with their characters, I also fell in love with those actors and I started following them, you know, as people. And I'm kind of doing the same thing with the actors here. I love all of them, you know, they all just seem like such I don't know, the cast is perfect. Yeah. You know, everyone is so talented. And even though Lynn himself isn't, you know, the most vocally gifted, you know, he can sing, but he's not, it's not like, you know, everyone he's got on his cast is just showstoppers. And I love how everyone really has their chance to shine and be themselves and, you know, have equal. It's like every part is a good part. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, I, like, it's just, like, even the ensemble have... The ensemble has great... The bullet? The Talk bullet. about the bullet. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can't take credit for it. It was actually one of my coworkers that originally told me about this, but I think she saw it online somewhere, too. Um, so, basically, in the ensemble, you have um, one girl. I don't know her name. <laughs> probably should know her <laughs> name. Anyway, she's playing a character called the bullet. So, basically... She is the first character and one of the characters she plays in the ensemble. She's like the char- she gets her like neck snapped by the king or whatever. Like she's the first character to like die on screen. Then after that <laughs> she becomes an omen of death basically. Um so anyone that interacts with her the like they die. So it's kind of interesting to use and yeah. then she also is the bullet like she does like the like she exactly. So anyone like go back and watch for her part cuz when you go you see like Particularly Anthony Ramos's characters. He like um, literally flirts John with Lawrence her. and Philip. Yeah, he literally flirts with death. You mm-hmm. know, like he's always like around her and in her space. Like I don't know what's going on there. Well, you know what? They're oh wait, they're not dating in real life. He's dating Peggy, Peggy. Jasmine Cephas Jones. That's her name, right? I am like I love these actors so much. Yeah. Like, it's like anything they're in, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm watching that. Exactly. Awesome. All right. So what do you rate Hamilton Braden? What's her scale again? Out of 10. Oh, 10. Yeah. Every Easy time ten. I watch it, every time I listen <laughs> Easy to it. Easy 10. Um, it just gets it, better. It gets better. better. Yeah. yeah. You, like, find something else. You learn something new. You, like, see something from a different perspective. Yeah. It's awesome. It's one of the greatest pieces of art that I've ever seen. Michelle Obama also said that. That's how you know you're popping. Yeah. You this know? is such a game changer for, for musical theater. Yeah. And I love it. Like, I, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Literally been obsessed. On Honestly, in some way, shape, or form... The album is played every day. Yeah. Whether it's in animatic form or it's Muppets. The actual in Muppets <laughs> bro, the Muppets, someone did a Muppets cover. Yeah, Ricky Downs did a Muppet musical version of Hamilton. Yeah, and it's it's so good. Like go and check that out if you're a Muppets fan and a Hamilton fan because that was really well done and I know that probably took freaking hours. I couldn't even imagine recording that and editing that. Okay, so that's it for our take on Hamilton and uh, Disney on Broadway. We really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as we did. Yeah. Um, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts 
and Spotify. Yes, uh, please comment. Comment. Give us likes. Rate. Rate. All that good stuff. We're also on Facebook and on Instagram at Spillindus T. Podcast. Yep. Um, and if you want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can shoot us an email at spillindistpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, whatever you guys want to talk about, give us suggestions, yes. anything. We want to spill the tea. And be sure to rate us on uh, Apple and on Spotify. Leave us a review. It really helps us out. Um, and share this with your friends. And, you know, recommend us if you like what you hear. And you can also reach out to us individually. Sakura, what's your... What are your socials? I am at Sakura MJ on Instagram. I'm at Braden Rosman on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, play us out, Zach.